Welcome to the first episode of the Family Millennial Podcast, uh, podcast by Juana. I'm Erin, your host for today, and we have a pretty special guest. Uh, we have Jose in the studio with us today. Jose is my husband. Uh, we thought that to kick off a podcast about families trying to do it all, the best way to start that would be by looking at a family who's trying to do it all, uh, <laughs> including a start a podcast. Um, and a business and an entertainment career and a family and all of these things at one time. So, Jose, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, so, the Family Millennial Podcast is uh, is about several things. We're looking at the families who, who really are looking to have everything um, and how they're, how they're going about doing that. Successful careers, happy marriages, um, a family-centric living style, healthy children, lots of travel and adventure and um, big hobbies and, and success. Um, and that's, that's a lot of balance and very complicated. And, and um, there's this thought that the, the wanting of having everything is something that's kind of specific to the millennial generation. What does is, what is this look like? Um, so do you, do you consider yourself a millennial? Uh, I, I don't, but I think I do fall into that, into the actual range to be considered a millennial. I think the cutoff is being born in 1980 or something like that, but I don't, I don't feel like a millennial, but I do hang out with a lot of millennial kids and, uh, um, (laughs) I do sometimes wear some beanies like millennials do, if that makes any sense. So uh, we'll sidetrack real quick to a little bit about what do you do now, uh, Jose? What's your what's your line of work and passion? Uh, ooh, two very different things. Ooh. ooh. Um, I started music in high school, um, music in the creative arts. So I was doing a lot of film and, and uh, film production and um, creating music with a couple of independent bands in high school. Started pursuing that, but then my I, I decided um, to pursue engineering uh, based on my mom's advice. <laughs> uh, so I did that and then um, got a job with, with NASA and SpaceX uh, and Volkswagen and pursued that for a while and then decided, you know, I think I'm going to go back into the creative arts because that's something I really want to do. Um, so here I am. I am an actor, uh, a writer and director and I musical direct. Um, so I spend a majority of my time there and I do improv shows all around Los Angeles. I tour the nation, um, with Westside Comedy Theater. Um, and my passion to answer your question is to, um, to have people pursue, something that they to to be able to to get people to i don't know how to quite say this right um to be to be able to have people create in whatever way they want and for me to facilitate that so whether it's creating a stage for them or uh recording their music or having a space so they can um do art or any way i can help people do that and that's that's not just in the states i'd i'd like to eventually take it to developing countries and have them uh, tell their story because I'm very interested in people's stories. So I want to hear people's stories and I want other people to hear people's stories because I think that's a way to help connect everybody. What have you done throughout the course of your life to to also serve that passion? Um, I was abroad for 
probably four to six months um, in college, and that's kind of where the passion started. Um, I was in Malawi, Africa, helping out, uh, helping uh, a university establish a mathematics program. So I was there um, learning from them and also teaching them as well. And then um, I took, uh, not I, my wife and I took <laughs> a about a year long trip uh, everywhere. And we just lived out of our backpacks. And uh, it was a really amazing experience. We got to learn a lot of um, interesting things about people and to learn new cultures and eat lots of food. Um, yeah. So with the, this idea of, of sharing sharing all of these people's stories, you being an enabler to make this happen, um, were you concerned when getting ready to start your family that that might interfere with your ability to do that? Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. I, I, I kind of viewed as I viewed um, starting a family as, okay, once you start a family, it's um, your time has depleted to just nothing. Your free time has depleted to zero and all your time will be spent uh, nurturing this family and uh, taking care of your family. Um, so I, I definitely had reservations and a lot of fear going into starting a family. On a scale of 1 to 10, how justified do you think your fears were? I think initially it was a 10, (laughs) but I think that was my perception and that was my own kind of like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. You know, when when people people are trying to transition into a new state, I think that's that's there's a lot of uh, resistance. So I think uh, it was definitely a 10 like this is the worst and. I can't, I don't have any time to do anything. And, um, and I don't mean like, this is the worst, like this is the worst baby ever. Like I love my baby and I love my family. It's, it's what I mean is the, um, the transition was a very, it was a hard one for me, uh, going from being just independent and then only relying, not relying on, and just purely being independent to having someone to, to take care of. Cause Aaron is, you know, my wife, Aaron, is is an independent person i don't have to take care of her i mean i you know we take care of each other but it's not like i have to like oh man is she okay is she eating is she, do i have to burp her do i have to like change her diaper no she's it's not that way but i think the biggest thing was at the transition so it was definitely a 10 at, at starting off how did that change um it was finding a uh, the the level it, it, the level definitely went down. Um, it, it's it's all about trying, you know, there's so many solutions that people provide. Um, but I think the finding your own solution was the, the cool part about the process. Um, and working with each other about finding a balance in, in how you handle time management and how you take care of the baby and who does what. And I think that was... Um, I mean, we're still in the process of doing that. We're still trying to find a balance. Um, but I think it's a lot better from when we initially started. It was, it was one-sided before, before Aaron took all like the childcare when she, when, when the baby was first born. And then, um, then we started transitioning to doing 50, 50. And now I'm doing a lot of it because she's starting a business. So it's kind of this, uh, sign function if you will or it's kind of this wave that goes back and forth and it, yeah it's always changing so um you kind of just roll with it 
And being an improviser is great because it, it kind of prepares you for <laughs> for uh, rearing a child. <laughs> <laughs> what are what are some of the times? Tell us about a time when that balance didn't work. Where you tried something and and it just wasn't wasn't happening. Um. Let's see. I think the. I think initially the the initial uh, thing we worked out where um, you you basically took her the entire time. I thought it was great because I had all the free time in the world. But you can you can like visibly see Aaron as she, as this like process went on that she was just miserable, and I I didn't I didn't want that for her, and it was it was. It's not just that; like it was also just unpleasant to be around when she was just miserable and tired, and you didn't, you know, you wanted to come home and share your stories of the day with her, and she was just exhausted. And that's, you know, you can tell that was kind of a an eye-opening experience, and that definitely didn't work. <laughs> you certainly, you certainly gained a lot by adding a child to your family. I think you've you've definitely expressed that. Um, what have you lost? I think the spontaneity is something that I've lost. Like I can't just go, you know, I'm going to go uh, on a trip to Yosemite today. I'm just going to pack up and leave because you can't, you can't really do that because you have a lot of planning to do. But who's going to take the baby? Am I going to take the baby? Are we going to find a baby sitter? Is your mom going to come down? Is my mom going to come down? <laughs> um, so the spontaneous planning and the spontaneous kind of trips just are are lost in a way but it doesn't and what I mean by that is I can't just do this in 10 minutes like I can't just go like oh I'm going now no I mean you can still have a spontaneous trip it just will take like three hours (laughs) to plan (laughs) as opposed to 10 minutes (laughs) so you can still get it you just need to be a little flexible with how yeah, get it. exactly. You can still take exactly. the Yosemite trip, but you might end up spending a couple more extra hours planning to make sure. it happen. Yeah, and we've done that. That's not that's not anything. Uh, no, I mean we've definitely done it. Have so. there been any great trips that you've taken with a family? What do you mean with us? With us? Hmm. Hey Jose, what? tell us about the great trips you've taken with the family. You mean to to South Korea and to England? <laughs> that was a couple of great trips. Yeah, that, that was. I wouldn't call those spontaneous, though. That was that took a lot of planning and vaccinations, and <laughs> yeah, it really did. We're planning a we're planning a sort of spontaneous trip right now. What are, tell oh us yeah, about that one. That was uh, we heard from a friend in Indonesia uh, when we when we first traveled. My wife and I, um, we stayed with an amazing family in Indonesia. In Indonesia, um, and you know we really connected with um, our host there. And he, you know, he always said, hey, you know, are you going to come back? Are you going to come back? And we said, yeah, we'll absolutely come back, especially if you get married. Like when you get married, we'll come back for your wedding. And here, here it is, what, four years later, <laughs> we get a Facebook message from him. Like, hey, guys, I'm getting married. And we're like, haha, that's funny. Because <laughs> he's, he's done that like every year, every, pretty much, you know, ever since we left. He's like, I'm getting married. Ha-ha, I'm just kidding. I just want you guys to come back. This time it was, I'm getting married. And we went, ha ha ha. And he said, no, really, here's the date. And the date was some like four weeks, like five weeks later. So, you know, traveling abroad to Indonesia, especially... Uh, it's not like it's not like a main city in Indonesia. It's not Bali. 
and you know we're we're going there with and that that to us was very spontaneous i mean it wasn't like a 10 minutes 10 minute spontaneous trip down the street or like you know a uh, camping trip or anything this was this is as spontaneous as you can get because the vaccines for a baby uh to go to rural indonesia is is pretty intensive actually yeah that that in itself is a 28 day minimum just to get that done yeah totally spontaneous 28 <laughs> days <laughs> and it's, it's it it helped that we had we started easy. We started with an English-speaking country where we were going to meet friends who were looking after us. We planned it months in advance. And then we went to South Korea, which was a major Seoul, major city, pretty easy to navigate. Um, so thank goodness we had kind of pioneered our way through that first. Otherwise, I'm not sure that we would have been able to rally so quickly. But with experience, it seems that uh, the, the spontaneity returns after you, to an extent, after you learn how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of have you kind of have, um, have plans set in place where you're like, if I'm going on this kind of a trip, you know, like I need to do this, this, and this. Or if I'm going on a overnighter, I know it's this, this, and this. Like you, once you reach that point of doing it, then you can always go back and it, it's a lot easier. I mean, that kind of goes with life. You, once you've done it once, it's a lot easier to do it the second time. So you have to reestablish a lot of your processes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's it's a, it's not that it can't be done. It's that you're gonna have to do it in a different way. Yes. And once you learn that, yeah, you just repeat it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And 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 being open to learning, continuously learning. You know, it's not like I've learned it and this is the way it has to be all the time. Like it just changes with a because the baby changes and the family dynamic changes and. So, therefore, everything changes in the way you plan things. <laughs> so, so you're also developing a new process for dealing with change, just being able to yeah. let things continuously. Yeah. Why is, why is travel something that's important to you to do with the child? Uh, I want to expose our two-year-old to um, everything. And it's not just travel. It's everything. Travel is just uh, a good way of... Ex- a good avenue into that main um i guess goal for her um it you know she's able to experience things that uh, she wouldn't get if she just stayed here obviously um uh learning new languages eating new foods i don't know travel is just a, a an, an avenue for that and they say kids like i don't remember anything before i was three years old does that impact the kinds of experiences that you expose her to no, no. I think uh, I I see her as a person, and I uh, talk to her as if she was a peer. Uh, I do things with her as if she was a peer of mine, as a, a a friend, a best friend of mine. So nothing changes. It's not like the only thing I the only thing I'm more aware of is the safety. But as far as the things that I do, I I. Would still like I would take her scuba diving if it was allowed for a two-year-old <laughs> to go scuba diving. Um, obviously, that's a safety risk, but everything else is is fair game. Well, do you what? Uh, you were your parents like that? Are your peers like that? Where did you take that parenting choice from? Let's see. My parents were always uh, they always wanted what's best for me. And they wanted me to be safe. I had an amazing, I had lots of experiences growing up. Um, they exposed me to a lot of things 
a lot of different cultures. Um, but I think that they did shelter me a little bit. So then now to the point where like, I wouldn't get, get to go on some trips because, um, I wasn't able to go abroad because they were afraid of my safety for, for my safety. Um, so I don't, I don't want that. I know there are ris- inherent risk in everything that we do. Um, but I don't want to close her off from these experiences that she could be having. How about your peers? Do you think your your friends who are having kids or about the same age, do you think their philosophy is a little bit more like yours? I, I don't. I think... Uh, good question. I have a diverse group of friends. So, um, there are some of my friends that are, that would not, that haven't taken their baby out or their child out exploring. Um, and I have friends that have taken their child to Scotland when they were like four months old like it, it, it's a big range I don't know if I can really answer if I can really you know generalize my friends in one bucket or the other that in itself is an illuminating answer there you go right? even all these things going on how do you maintain uh, your family centric lifestyle you feel like you get to spend do you spend enough time at home do you spend enough time at work do you spend enough time with your friends or doing things for yourself overall yes given the amount of time that I do have for the day, it's kind of a pick and choose on certain days. I I feel more balanced than before, but I don't feel a complete balance right now. And I think, I don't know if I ever will. And I think that's the answer to your question is because of the fact that you're always, you're always having to juggle. Like this is most, this is the most important thing right now. I need to do this. Um, I think you're always going to oscillate. How do you make your peace with that? The way I make peace with that is to make the most out of the time that I have with the thing, with the person or the project that I'm spending it on, spending that time on. So if I am spending time with friends during this allotted time, I make sure to spend time with my friends and I'm not on my phone. If I am hanging out with you and our two-year-old, I'm making sure that we are hanging out as opposed to thinking about the other projects during that time. What do you think is the, you know, of all of the the aspects of your life that you're trying to balance, which is the hardest? I think it's maintaining um, the relationship with uh, your spouse. So with you, I think that's one of the hardest things to do in a in a family is because you have this new person, new new person in the family and you want to make sure that and, and a lot of the focus is on them. So making sure they're learning, making sure they're eating enough, making sure they're well taken care of. Um, throughout that, you kind of start forgetting uh, about the relationship and nurturing the relationship with your significant other. And I think that's something that I um, want to make sure that I don't do. Any strategies? I don't know. Any <laughs> do you have any strategies if so tell me and i would like to use them you know actually actually this is this is an important part about today why is the baby in the background crying not ours because the baby right now is at preschool what what um and we worked 
we were we were pretty dead set going into having a child that we were going to raise that child at home that we were not going to use outside child care because we wanted to be a daily continuous part of the life of of our child when she was so young um what do you think about that do you think uh do you think being 100 percent in that direction is the right way to be in the direction like what do you mean no it's no outside child care Oh no, I think I think having a balance is is the right way to go. Um because if, if you don't have any childcare, they're only going to be with you and socializing them is hard. Socializing someone is difficult, especially if you're there 24/7. Um you'll essentially become their security blanket, which you are. I mean, you're always there to comfort them. But eventually they'll need to be able to socialize without you <laughs> so i think having a balance is is the way to go mm-hmm. i think this is this this could potentially qualify as what our seventh date the Ooh. sixth fourth fifth well less than seven um over the last two years isn't it funny that when it's a large quantity you lose count and if it's a small quantity you lose count <laughs> if it's anything more than three yeah yeah um so and i think i think that is that's something that i if we have a second one um if oh wait what what that's, that's an if uh, if we have a second one then i i think something that i would do differently is i would introduce outside child care earlier yeah i think so too yeah i would do the same but yeah, I think I think the ideal is in the right place. Spend as much time with your child as you can, but there is a lot of value in them being able to socialize or take leadership from another adult, socialize with their peers, um, listen, listen to voices other than than your own, um, and hear voices other than your own to be able to respond to those. And it's the opportunity for the parents to continue nurturing their relationship sure, yeah it doesn't matter what you're doing but just being able to spend time alone reconnecting with each other is something that we have struggled to to find um and just doing it in the evenings after she went to sleep turned out to be still very distracting mm-hmm. yeah um so this is this is a this is a very good and positive change and here we are we get to create with each other again which, that's right and hopefully get sushi afterwards Ooh, or dumplings <laughs> or dumplings. <laughs> um, we'll end with this question. Do you think it is a reasonable expectation for a modern family to expect that they can have everything that they want? Yes, I think so. If you manage your time wisely and you're efficient with what you're doing with your time, I think I think you can. You also need to keep an open mind um, about when you're going to have these things. What I mean by that is they can't, uh, if you expect to have it in a certain amount of time, like today, um, you may not necessarily get it today or tomorrow, but you will have it. Um, if you're patient and you're, you're open to just going with the flow, you can, you, you absolutely can. Since the everythings don't all come at one time, what is the next everything that you're seeking? I want to learn about everything in the world. Um, <laughs> so I am also very interested in how the brain works. 
So at some point, I think my next venture is to kind of jump into figuring out how the brain works. Maybe I'll go back to school and neuroscience or something. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if it was like purely for myself, it would probably be learning about the brain. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then is there is there something not about yourself that would that would keep you from doing that? Oh, yeah. I mean, traveling with families is, is I think one of the highest priorities to me, so I think that would keep me from from doing that, which is not which is not at all a bad thing um traveling with since that is a high priority for me, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't diminish the fact that I'm, I'm doing that instead of learning about the brain. So you just have to pick something and yeah. then you get the other one later. As long as you're excited about what you're doing, I think that's, as long as you're having fun and are excited about it, I think you, you, that compass is working. I think you follow what you're, you're passionate about and what keeps you awake at night and what you're just obsessing over, you know, and I think that things that just make you happy I think is is the way to go it it takes a lot of work you know and i think some millennials are like oh i can't i can't get it in three to five months then this is not making me happy and it's terrible you can be frustrated about something but as long as you still find happiness in some aspect of it i think you can i think that is a a hardship and not necessarily a something that is not worth pursuing Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jose. This is uh this is it, guys. Um so this is this is the first episode of the Family Millennial Podcast. We'll be back um on a regular basis to share with you more stories from families who are out to have everything and how they're doing it. We want to thank Jose so much for being here with us today, for taking the leap with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye.